I'm Katie Atwell, co-host of the Edugals podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Welcome back to Behind the Mic. I am going to be speaking today with the guys from the High Tech Podcast, Josh Schwartz and William Illingworth. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast so far. As you know, in our last episode, I spoke with the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast host, Jessica Peresta. And let's get into it with the guys today. Welcome behind the mic, William and Josh. Hey, thanks, Chris. Thanks for having us on this. Yeah, thanks for having us. You guys are proud members of the Education Podcast Network, and obviously you create this awesome podcast, the High Tech Podcast. Uh, Will, why don't you tell us very quickly for the person who's listening who doesn't listen to your show, and shame on you, uh, what is (laughs) the High Tech Podcast about? Uh, The High Tech Podcast, just in the name, was kind of this idea of pulling together information about higher education, educational technology. It's not that specific every time, but we do every episode where we discuss some element of pedagogy, uh, methodology, and a tool or app, right? Something that's in ed ed tech. So every episode has that kind of, not necessarily 50-50, but that that two-part approach. So you're going to get a few thoughts from us and maybe something you could use as well. Um, It came together because Josh was trying to find a podcast when he was getting into the industry, and it didn't exist. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The thing we've shared on the podcast several times is that uh, I took Will's old job, uh, ironically. Like, he left, peaced out, like, a month or two later. I don't actually remember the exact context. It was whenever the uh, person that caused you to leave was no longer in that office. Uh, you were like, <laughs> the, uh, you're like, I think you could do good at this job. I was trying to get into education, specifically higher education, and uh, jumping into instructional technology. And I went looking for podcasts. I found a lot of good ones. I hadn't found, ironically, Education Podcast Network at that point or any of the groupings in there. But uh, a lot of them were really great, but they were very K-12 focused, um, and which was fine. I was picking stuff up from it. But there was another element where like, I was really hungry to find a lot of apps. Like, I felt I wanted to find a good bit of technology, try to broaden my scope a bit. Um, and we weren't seeing a lot of that. So that kind of is what spawned. Uh, the conversation. I remember just sharing recently this week, Will was like painting an attic when we were having the conversation. I was coming over to, to where we live now. Maybe we trying should to, do this. <laughs> yeah, finding a house. I was like, I'm not finding a podcast I'm really liking. And Will was like, we should start one. And then, you know, as people do two years later, we started one. <laughs> and that was the kind of the birth of the high tech podcast. Nice. Now, for you who's listening, if you're not subscribed, you can obviously find it at the Education Podcast Network website at edu podcastnetwork.com. But better than that, make sure you go to their website, which is hightechpod.us. And I know that causes some controversy amongst the two of you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's fine. I'll let it go, Chris. It's, you know, right. You're, you're a dot us kind of guy for <laughs> some reason. I'm team dot us. He's team. Uh, it was us. like an early, yeah. it was an early thing. We didn't even know it was a divide between us until we like recorded the first episode started saying our website and we were both like, well, we don't, we don't agree on how we say this. So it became a thing for a while. Us arguing with each other about it. That's awesome. <laughs> what is the position between the two of you on GIF and GIF? Uh, I'm a GIF guy. Yeah. GIF guy all the way. I'm a GIF guy. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and there's the pod. There's one, the pod. Uh, they used to be a member of the network. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
and Dealey. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you guys kind of alluded to the fact that uh, you both have experience working in higher education, so not K-12. Um, how did your podcast uh, really – how does it serve the higher ed demographic in that, that area of education? Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, I think for us, what we noticed in higher ed is from the technology side and the tech space. Um, it's interesting. I, I get to work with a lot in my, my job situation, building courses and things like that. Uh, I get to work with instructional designers who end up coming from K-12 a lot. So we had a couple of those. Um, and like, they would talk about how, like from the ed tech side, they saw it all over the place. Like people talking about apps they could use, things they could do, trying to use technology in higher ed. I feel like it's like, there's kind of this mentality where like, if I have the textbook, that's all I need. And I can just kind of move forward from there. And there wasn't a lot of um, tech usage. And it felt, felt like a faculty didn't really know what was out there a lot and how they could leverage it. Uh, and so I think what our podcast kind of brought to it was combining the conversation of the pedagogy, how you teach, because I think that's also helpful to have a conversation about because uh, Chris, as even we've talked about before on in other occasions, a lot of faculty aren't trained to be teachers. They have like a, an expertise that they're in. Um, and so both Will and I and our experiences have been involved in helping faculty figure out that teaching side, but also the technology side. And so I think that's kind of what our podcast brings to the higher ed space is to try to have those conversations together um, and talk about the pedagogy, but also just practically talk about the different opportunities tech provides for faculty and how it's not really that hard to do it. There's apps out there. You can get started try small things. And I think that's kind of what Will and I try to bring to that sphere uh, for faculty. I'll have to throw this in here because you mentioned that we have spoken previously. We got the opportunity, the three of us, to meet face-to-face at ISTE 2023, yeah. where we recorded a conversation that I used on my podcast, House of Ed Tech. And if you who's listening are not listening to that, shame on you. Uh, but you can go to Chris Nessie. <laughs> <laughs> you can go to chrisnessie.com slash 228. And you can listen to Exploring EdTech's Impact on Higher Education, which was a lot of fun. We got to be face-to-face, and uh, it was cool. That was a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah, and I've listened back to it. It's a cool thing to, like, we we bump into each other. We make it work. We see each other in person, but we pull something together, create create out of it, you know. And, again, I hope these conversations uh, motivate, encourage, support faculty, teachers alike, that we can do this. Like, that's, that's a lot of our message, you know. If you're trying to investigate a new theory or methodology, you're not familiar with it. We, we try and break it down to like make it approachable. Do you want to do project-based learning? Do you want to uh, apply cognitive apprenticeship as this theory, right? If you want to understand sociometacognition, these are heady research-based uh, subjects that we try to. I'm not always successful. Uh, Josh helps to try and get me to you know simplify it sometimes, but um, make it make it approachable. So you could try it in one of your lessons, one of your units, or your entire course. I love it. Uh, Going geeky on the idea of being podcasters, uh, what do you think – and again, podcasters and podcasts come in all shapes and sizes. There's a podcast for just about anything and everything out there, although Josh struggled with finding education podcasts for some reason. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What is it about each of you that is unique that you bring to the podcast space? Ooh, that is a beautiful question. Um, I've, I've already started talking, so I'll just keep rolling, right? I think that my biggest strength uh, just interpersonally is like relationship building, network making, right? And so one of the things that I know <laughs> Josh makes the joke about in our podcast all the time is like I find the app or I brought the app to the episode. That's 
typically a majority of the time. And, and it's just because I, I, I look for people. I look for opportunities. I look for connections. Uh, even the e- EPN, right? Joining the Education Podcast Network, I wouldn't say I like owned that approach for our podcast, but it was something that uh, I was deeply motivated to accomplish because I felt like the, if we could tap into more podcasters, we could be more effective in our approach. We could learn from you folks, hear how you're doing your editing, hear if you are or aren't monetizing, like get get just more perspectives in there because I think Josh and I are, are pretty cool. We've got a, a good team between us, but we don't know anything about podcasting except what we've tried ourselves. So that's, I think that's my big thing. I, every episode I'm trying to bring in guests, trying to pull together more apps, find apps. We, we at one time were almost out of apps. It has app happened in our little list of, of tools to get through. So then I just had to dump a whole bunch in and keep finding <laughs> new people, new ideas. Yeah. We, for people who don't know, we've started calling Will the networking ninja on our podcast. Okay. So like the, uh, he even has, we used the AI mid journey to create a photo for him. So he's got a, he's got a little uh, like ninja networking thing going on avatar. somewhere. Yeah. Avatar. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. And I think that, the the combo of what we do like because that's very much kind of our relationship in areas is like what will brings that kind of social element and connection i think i bring a lot of the the management to the podcast and trying to kind of project manage and, and lay out stuff but i think in the unique elements of what we bring in our podcast will alluded to it a second ago like my degrees are not in education like a lot of what i've picked up are from my experience now over the last several years helping develop courses digging into theory how how you do that and so i think the combo on our podcast that works really well is like will said will can have a lot of the deep theory on it and it works well because i basically have to try to understand it in my layman's terms model um (laughs) that that i've picked up over the years and so we're able to kind of translate and i think make it more digestible for faculty who are looking for podcasts and looking for information Um, the other thing i think both him and i bring well to the table and especially in the education podcast zone is that will and i don't just work as teachers or in just education. We also work in tech spaces and doing project management and things like that. And so a lot of our conversations don't just go into here's the app or here's how you use it. We actually talk about the system of how you could build it or leverage it. So if somebody's looking to like get into using something, um, we try to be very intentional about talking about not just how you could use it or the benefits, but also like how you can systemize it a little bit to make it easier and, and leverage it so that it's not taking up more of your time, but um, being more helpful and, and reducing the workload that you have. Well, Josh is also the only reason that we have <clears throat> never taken an unintentional break in our 111 episodes. We have always released an episode when we plan to. I love that. He's, he's the man. Consistency is key, you know, because as a podcast, you become a part of people's lives, their routines. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. certainly very powerful. Um, like with most things, everything has some type of origin story. And you guys have talked a little bit about how your podcast came about. But more specifically, can you, and we'll start with you, Josh, were there any challenges that you guys faced in starting the high tech podcast, launching it? What were some of the bumps along the way at the beginning? Yeah, absolutely. Well, so the first big bump was we had the idea, we had a name, and then we didn't do it for two years. Um, <laughs> we literally, it was not that long after I started my position in education and several months, I think by the time I had moved to like, Will and I both live like five minutes, not even five minutes, like a minute away from each other, uh, in a city. And so like we, once we moved there, we had a lot of conversations. I remember having a meeting before a game night about like what we were going to do with the podcast. And like, we were yep. 
we had all this stuff. But the thing that I think held us back in the beginning is Will and I wanted to do all the things to start. Like, so like we were trying to be very, like we wanted to be super professional about it. We were going to do all these things. And that became very overwhelming on top of our jobs and all the other stuff we were working on. And so we just never did it. And then what I think ended up triggering it to happen when COVID happened and we were looking for some stuff to do, we were like, why are we trying to do all these things? We were like, what, what if we just start recording in Zoom and we just see what happens and we post it and that's what we'll do. And so we, we backed off that. We figured out a little bit of a schedule um, and figured out how we were going to manage it a bit uh, without getting overly complicated and then just kind of jumped in. So I think that's one of the big first challenges I see a lot of people, whether it's starting podcasts or starting any kind of initiative or anything you're doing, the tendency is to go big and that just becomes overwhelming. And so you never end up doing it. So the small steps are the the biggest thing. That was a big thing I took away as we were kind of kicking into the podcast um, and getting started. Right. Well, you, I don't know uh, your thoughts. You plan the plan of the plan and it winds up becoming yeah. paralysis by analysis. I got you. Yeah. yeah. I, I want perfection in everything I do. And so I, I will admit I don't know. I don't know Josh's side of it, but I will admit to have probably being a major, um, major issue in that process. Like, I come on, like we could do video, we could have the things on the board, and we can, yeah, duh, like let's monetize from the from get. We it's it's um almost two and a half years. It's two definitely two years after we did we launched our first episode. We still have made like a few dollars, like twenty dollars. Like we have never. This has not been something where we've made money in the process. We want to. We're interested in that. Like learn. That's maybe the next frontier for us. Is how do we take something that we have made a hobby and we've learned better techniques and better delivery, so it sounds better, looks better, feels better for the listener. But how do we how do we make that professional? How do we make a dollar out of this? We don't know that yet. We're we're teasing in there, but I think the. The early challenge, yeah, taking the first step, just hitting record. Um, for me, I was the editor. One of the early challenges was just getting comfortable with uh, what I wanted to do with the episodes, right? Some of the first episodes, I tried to cut out dead air. I tried to reduce ums. I wanted to listen for the fan in the back. I did as much as I possibly could, and it would take me three hours to get through editing an episode. I eventually had to step back from that just for like personal boundaries. Like it's okay. If we say, uh, and um, this is a conversation. It's natural. That's what people are used to. It actually sounds almost too professional when you have some of that stuff out of there. Like it's nice. I'm not going to say it's bad, but like the conversational side really isn't the huge, the biggest distraction. The worst thing in my opinion in podcasting is like volume issues. If somebody's too loud or way too quiet, you gotta, as best as you can get the balance. And I learned that the hard way. That was not an easy one for me. Yeah. And I would I would add in one. I didn't even notice when Will changed how he was doing editing uh, in our podcast. So that shows how much how much we were noticing that type of stuff. I would add just content creation and stuff too. like when we first did the podcast, one of our very kind of early dreams for the podcast is one thing we want to do differently is we don't want to just put episode notes on our website, but we want to do something extra onto the page. And I will admit when we first started doing that. I also had much bigger dreams for what that was going to look like because I had written tons of how-to guides and tutorials and things like that. So I was like, we're going we're gonna to do this. Like, we're going to show examples. We're going to do... And then realize very quickly to release every week a podcast plus, like, some crazy thing that... A podcast like, plus a dissertation? People, yeah, like, plus <laughs> yeah, a dissertation yeah, yeah. that, like, 10% of people are going to use was a total waste of time. So we very much reduced what we were putting on the website. We still do an extra page that's more than just our notes. If we talk about an app, we still give kind of a a basic structure that we worked off of, but it is 
not nearly as big as what the original idea was going to be. That's the beautiful thing about podcast is there is no one way to do it and yeah. you're free to change it as you go. There's no rules. There's just best practices. It's like going to the Outback Steakhouse. No rules, just right. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag not a sponsor? Or I was like, if they should be, that was a great marketing. I don't know if that's a phrase that they already say, but that was fantastic. Yeah, if they, if they would love to send uh, everybody on the network a, a Bloomin' Onion gift card, that would be fantastic. I yeah. support that 100%. Yes. Another another quick challenge, and this is actually one of those things of like a, a, a shared podcast, right? So, Chris, I think you've been solo. I mean, you've had lots of interviewees and people you've had on the podcast, but this has been your thing that you've been doing for a long time. Josh and I had to, thankfully, as, as friends, we never hit, came to like blows. It never got heated, but we had to figure out who did what. We had to make yeah. some, I wouldn't say mistakes, but like, all right, I'm going to do this for a little while. Um, I, I was just really a burden on me. Like, could you try it? And so he's taken things. I've taken things. We've been able to kind of like share that load in different ways, which we did not have figured out from the get-go. We had to like go through some bumpy spots on the production and content cycle. Um before we got to where we are right now, I think the podcast runs as smoothly as it possibly could. We've got our stuff figured out in that way until something breaks. Yeah. So we figure something else out. I will admit like the a good story of that that I think displays that is like very early on when we were doing the pages, Will was writing the content for the website pages because like Will is much better at like he was he had English degree stuff involved in what he did in education. There's there's a reason Will should be writing things probably more than I should. And uh, but that was just too much on top of editing. And I think what does work well for the two of us that has never been a actual challenge for us, but it's helped overcome challenges is that like we we haven't been in these spaces where we feel awkward asking each other to take different things and picking up things. And we're both willing to work together. It's very much a partnership in it. And I think a lot of people look at like going into these things with other people as like has to be exactly 50 50 everybody doing things equally and that's never been how it's been in this partnership for will and i is that we don't hold we don't hold a, a score on who's doing what more yeah, than the yeah. other we just try to fill in the holes that we can um, and find a system that works for both of us um, and i think that's that's worked well i love that certainly having a co-host is one of the greatest exercises in having and being in a relationship right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and just like that's a marriage good. it's not 50 50 let's be real that's, <laughs> yeah. yep that's good. Um, i like that now, you guys have produced over 100 episodes. You're, as we're recording this, you have 111 episodes available for people to listen to. What do you think over this time, since you've launched the podcast, has been your biggest success in your podcast journey? Oh, uh, I'm, I'm going to get a little sappy here. Um, we, Josh and I went to college together. We lived with each other. We, we weren't roommates we were always either in the same section, we shared an apartment and we had, we were, had different roommates, but you know, there's, there's times when you go through that period of life where, you know, somebody leaves something out in the bathroom, somebody doesn't do the dishes, right? Like being roommates and stuff, there's edgy moments. Um, I'd say one of the greatest personal accomplishments for me is just the fact that we came into this as friends and we're still friends, right? There are people who get into business, do podcasts, do whatever, and they lose that friendship or it becomes strained or, or, or whatever, Right. That's not been the case for us. We've, I think, only become better friends through this process. And, and that I, I'd take that any other day. Like it's a, it's a hobby. It's a great hobby, but it's, it's Josh and me. You know, if I didn't have Josh to do it with, I wouldn't do the podcast high tech by myself. But here, here's that's, the thing. Can you guys get together and have a conversation and not bring up the podcast at all? 
No. <laughs> what I'm talking about. Oh, no. no. Like, within no. five seconds. It's gotten so much worse, too, for the people around us. Because, as we've mentioned offhandedly on the podcast, Will and I, on top of the podcast, have now started our own kind of side company for consulting uh, in kind of e-learning and stuff that we do. So it's gotten so much worse because now there's just like two different things for us to talk about. And it just yep. gets there's always so much more going on now. It's not even just podcasts. It's like other conversations about things. Tuesday um, night, so, we yeah. finished up recording and we headed over to a buddy's place and played a couple board games. He just got this new great gaming table, board gaming yeah. table. And uh, the first thing the guy asked us is like just questions about the podcast. What are you doing? You know, like. Well, we didn't. At least we didn't start it. You know, yeah, at least we didn't start the conversation. It's all that. Yeah, exactly. If if I had to, if I had to tie it to something, quote unquote, practical, um, it, it really is for me. Like we hit a hundred. You know, when you start, when you start a podcast, you're like, oh, let's do it. You get a routine. Okay, we'll record every week. That's cool. But like, you don't know where it's gonna go. And and Chris, you've been doing this since 2014, 2016. Yeah. I mean, when do you stop? No one knows. You don't. You don't have to. You can take breaks. You can change. Spoiler, it, everybody! Like, it's going to be a surprise one day. I'm just not going to be here. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Yeah, hitting 100 just felt so awesome. Like we, I, I, I would consider us no longer amateur, semi pro. We we did the thing. We got 100 out there, and we didn't stop. I love it, Josh. What about yeah. you? Yeah, I would agree. I think the the friendship part of it. I would absolutely add that in, into there. I think. Will and I have gotten much closer through doing all of this. And I, I if, if anything, that's one of the biggest wins I take from what we've been doing. Um, but if I had to point to other practical stuff in the podcast, hitting 100 was a big, a big success for us. And I think overall, the other success I've really enjoyed through all this is just the connections that the podcast has, has built and relationships that we have oh, with yeah. other people now at this point. Like we, especially in the last three months, I consider this really in the last like three, four months, a big success for us is that we went from kind of pulling in random like forcing people we know to be like hey you guys should come be a part of the podcast um because we need guests um and we now have like people reaching out to us and we're building a lot of new relationships with people that we didn't know before at all in fact we've had a ton of guests just even the past like month on the podcast which has been awesome um and i've loved that we're building relationships will and i are expanding our understanding of education and how we do things because we're getting a lot of people in from different backgrounds and things like that so that's been a huge uh, win and success for us, I think, and just that that networking and building a community that we can be a part of and and yeah. uh, have fun with, but learn from and uh, share ideas. I, I have to highlight two of those quickly. Episode 111, we did uh, How Fun Pedagogy Can Revolutionize Education with Dr. Sharon Laricella. Literally, as this goes with what Josh is saying, the only reason I connected with Dr. Laricella is because her handle is Dr. Academic Batgirl. On I love her and on I Twitter. Like, <laughs> I was like, I have to talk to Dr. Batgirl. I just, in the uh, most platonic way ever, slid into her DMs. I was like, you're awesome. Could I please have you uh, on the podcast? And she was gracious enough to come on episode 111. It was so much fun. The other person, just quick shout out to her, is, is uh, Chrissy now Cloud. Chrissy's recently gotten married. Chrissy's just engaged with us early. Got on a, uh, episode 100 with us about Canva, big Canva uh, friend. And now she just is a friend, like all the time, like chatting, helping, promoting the pod, sharing it. It's it's one of those things where you can't you can't know who you're going to meet and the impact they're going to have on you, and but also the impact you can have on them. So those are two two recent highlights that I've really enjoyed. I love it. And, and you both talked about you know this idea of building community and connecting with people. And somebody who's listening to this right now might not be a listener of your show, and they might decide, I want to go check this out. These guys seem like a lot of fun. Let me see what the high tech podcast is all about. 
for each of you, for that person who's never listened to your show and they're going to go, what episode should they start with if it's not episode one? We're both thinking. This is now, I'm trying to, now I'm trying to think. Um, I Yeah, I still go back to uh, episode 100 is a good recommendation. Their, our extravaganza event, if you will. Uh, the Not if you will, that's what we titled it. Uh, the, the title of that episode. Um, we Our first app we talked about on the podcast was Canva. And so when we did episode 100, we came back. And that was a really cool episode. We had several guests on, and they shared a lot of cool information. Um, the other t- episodes we have, and this is where I'm going to start buying us some time. Will, do you have one while I grab I the episode numbers no, I need? I, okay. I would actually want to put up there the Learning Taxonomy series. I gave you the link to mm-hmm. that, Chris. That, ep- that starts with episode 72 and goes through 76. It's just one of those where I poured my nerdy heart out. I love <laughs> the theory behind learning, learning structures, how we, lo- you know, so learning taxonomies, right? And we just did an episode per um, it was motivated by our friend, good friend, Robin Jeffers, big shout out to Robin, but uh, we just had a lot of fun with that. There's is each episode's a deep dive into Bloom's, Gagne's, Webb's, Kirkpatrick's and Fink's taxonomies. Um, each of those paired with another tool like we always do. So start that with uh, episode 72 through 76. A great time. I love it. Everything that they just shared will be in the show notes, which are a swipe or a tap away in the app you're listening in right now, or you can head over to edupodcastnetwork.com and there'll be a show notes page there as well. So make sure you check out the links, check out the episodes for sure. For each of you, as we start to get to the end of this conversation, and I hope you guys are having as much fun as I am getting behind the mic with you guys, um, how has your podcast impacted your role in education? How is doing this podcast, having these conversations affected the work you do? I I have a knee jerk. I, I think it's really helped me address the imposter syndrome. I don't know. I don't know how everybody feels about that. I don't know about generations before me and what that was like for them. But I'll tell you, I was 21 when I started working in higher education and, and supporting faculty members, supporting people 20, 30, 40, sometimes 50 years, my senior, right? Yeah. What? <laughs> what is, huh? <laughs> What's a right click? What's a mouse? Do I, I have a trap for that. Um, no, but like it, that, that was really hard for me at some point to like, how am I a professional? Am I not? Am I an expert? Am I not? What do I, what do I know? I'm a kid. I seriously, I, that came with me for probably six or seven years of, of just my, my early career and getting into the podcast. I've gotten the space now to like own something and, and maybe be the authority. I will say that way, but like, invite people who are, again, are our seniors or not into the podcast and, and give them a voice, give them a box, but also like engage them and, and critically uh, question them and have discourse with them. And that's one of those things like, Oh, I've got this We I can do the thing. You know, I don't, I don't really need to wrestle with that imposter syndrome anymore. I don't know if I'm any good at it, but the podcast, if you tune in, you'll find out if there's anything worth listening. Let me say the imposter syndrome is real. And I talked about it previously on this show back on episode three with Alfonso Mendoza. And, you know, I still experience imposter syndrome and I wonder, is anybody listening? And, you know, do they care about, you know, House of Ed Tech or Podcast PD? You know, we're we're here in episode six. Does anybody care about this podcast? I'm worried about that. And, you know, do people yep. care? And, you know, am I that authority figure? And then sure enough, something comes along. I do something. Somebody says something. You get an email you get some feedback and it puts gas right oh, in your yeah. tank. Yeah. Oh yeah. You got 100%. it. 
Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I think there's a couple two things that come to mind for me, and the first was definitely that, and for a di- slightly different reasons, right? I didn't start this one when I jumped in with no degrees in education. Somebody was like, "I guess we'll take you as an instructional technologist." I was like, "That seems like maybe a a dicey choice, but thank you for <laughs> taking me." And uh, <laughs> knowing like nothing in this area, and so that imposter syndrome for me existed very much because I felt like I was put in a space where I had to help faculty integrate technology into the courses and, and do what they needed to do with like very little experience other than like some TA work and knowing how technology works. And so yeah. that's helped in that area a lot for, for two different reasons. One, just being able to like engage with people. And like you said, get feedback, get some of that gas in the tank, make connections. The other side has been the podcast really at the end of the day for me has been like a live processing all the different theories and apps and things out there to kind of as a professional development type of way grow in that area both from just taking in what will and i are talking about in those areas because he has lived and breathed this even before i started doing it so being able to take some of that in and working with people who are from a bunch of different areas who have taught for years uh who have tons of experience and so i feel like even in my professional life i've been able to take what we've learned from the people here in the podcast and it's changed how I approach certain things or how I do certain things um, and has shown me where there's areas where I do actually have something to share, like the the work that we do in systemizing our course development and things. I've been so surprised by how much that's been helpful for people as we've been talking about things on the podcast. And so that area has given me a new kind of um, passion for helping people understand that side of, of education and what you do there. I love it. So again, for you who is listening Will and Josh host the High Tech Podcast, which you need to check out if you have not ever listened. You can find it at hightechpod.us. I'm I'm an equal opportunity link promoter. That felt better. Uh, That was warm. (laughs) And of course, course, you can find it on the Education Podcast Network. You can find it at edupodcastnetwork.com. You can subscribe there and all those wonderful things. Before we go, gentlemen, for each of you, what is a piece of advice that you would like to share with the aspiring podcaster or maybe just an educator in general? For the podcaster, if you're going to be editing your own stuff, decide early. Do you care about the uhs and the ums? Because I don't think you need to. <laughs> let, let, hold on, let, let me jump in. I, and I, I bit my tongue when you were talking oh, about this before. That's all right. Take out the low-hanging fruit. If you're editing audio and um, you just kind of go – like there was one in there, right? Right. I'm not going in with a scalpel to try and slice that out. But if right. I'm thinking about what I want to say and um, then I continue my thought, <laughs> I'm going to go in and take out the low-hanging fruit. That's just me. Yep. But go ahead. And, and more, But that's a great point that they're sneaking up to just get a little technical. If you're looking at sound waves, you can see when people are talking. You can see when people are quiet. And if that's something I'd say, I'd say split the difference like you're pointing there to Chris, you can look at sound waves and see where someone was being quiet. You want to trim something up. Just do a cut, cut, move on, right? Like you're saying, getting in there with a scalpel and trying to cut. I've, I, we don't do profanity on our show. A couple of times a person or two of us let a word go and I've had to spend the time with a scalpel trying to get a word out of there, right? So do that where you have to, but don't break your back. It's, it's, it's going to be all right to put out the conversational. Uh, sometimes just good enough is just good enough. good enough yeah exactly yeah and i would add in uh the thing we always recommend on the podcasting side is just get started like you just need 
something to record yourself. If you want to do it through Zoom, you want to do it through, we've recommended Audacity before is a very basic tool that's free that you can do if you're just recording audio. Um, but just get started. Like, just take that step forward. The biggest thing I can recommend to people is create a schedule. It doesn't have to be like two years in advance. Like a four week schedule, three weeks is better than than two. Like the, you just create a basic schedule for yourself. Pick a time you're going to do recording and, and hold yourself to that for a little while. You'll be surprised how much content you build up when you create just a consistent schedule for yourself that's manageable. Uh, like Will and I do not do a ton of crazy like recording things. Like we basically record on Tuesday nights. We will occasionally break that for stuff like this or like guests that are in like Greece and Tuesday night just isn't going to work for them. <laughs> um, but like just create yourself that schedule. I think that was the biggest thing we did in the beginning once we started going. It's just like this is what our recording schedule is going to look like. And it it made it more manageable. It made it more understandable. Um, and be okay with recording ahead of like ahead of time. I know people who like record really close to the date they're releasing, uh, which is great. They get to have like very live conversations about stuff that's going on in the world at that moment. Will and I sometimes have a conversation that something blew up in higher ed that we can't get to until a little later. But planning farther ahead has made it much easier for Will and I to not be stressed about what's going to be coming out. And that gives us what I think is one of the most important things in podcasting is that consistency that you're just you're releasing. And as long as you're doing that, like you said, Chris, the, you become a part of people's lives. So if the, some of that content is there regularly, they can they'll keep coming back because they can rely on you to have something there for them to listen to. Yeah, they they show up for the content and they stay yeah. for the host or the hosts. And yeah. let me just pull back the curtain a little bit here on behind the mic for for you who is listening. You're listening right now to episode six. I've already recorded episode seven, which is going to be a conversation with Chris Stuchko for the ninth grade experience. And every episode you've heard already was recorded well in advance of its release date. Spoiler. It is August 10th. And you are listening to this episode. If you're listening to it the day it came out, it's November 10th. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we do. That's yeah, how we do. Exactly. Future. Like we future Chris recorded. is, a, is a, a week away from Ed camp, New Jersey, 2023. And the one who's sitting here right now recording this, isn't even thinking about Ed Camp, New Jersey, 2023. Yes, yeah, exactly. That's like just just this Tuesday, we were recording an episode. We realized, oh, hey, we, we do seasons on our podcast. It's one thing we just have fun with, and it's made it easier for us to do what we do. We just realized we were recording a new season like on Tuesday, and we hadn't done the, we hadn't done like the first episode yet. So like we hadn't realized we were in our new season until we were done recording the guests. I was like, hey, did you know we just recorded our first season five episode? It's not going to release for like a month. That's cool. <laughs> I love it. So hopefully you got value listening to this conversation. And as we pick the brains and go behind the mic with Will and Josh, go to edupodcastnetwork.com, subscribe to their podcast and check out all of the podcasts we have available on the Education Podcast Network. And of course, go to their website, hightechpod.com. I was going to let you guys fill it in. Oh, <laughs> I was waiting to see. I was like, will you right, do one more than the other? Three, two, one, us. us. Oh, right, oh, oh, we did it. See, I don't break my, my, my belief. <laughs> uh, this is fun, guys. I hope you enjoyed being here behind the mic. And we will be back in a couple of weeks with episode seven. And again, I'll be speaking with Chris Stuchko from the ninth grade experience. Guys, I want to thank you for being here and uh, hope you had fun. And thank you for being a part of the network. 
Absolutely. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody.